for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Telling it as it is, this is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And g'day. Hope you had a terrific night last night. I hope, uh, unlike some of us, you didn't overdo it last night. I had a terrific night. If I must say, I'll tell you what I did. We went to a karaoke at a place on the New South Wales Central Central Coast. Uh, yeah, went till midnight. It was very, very busy. Lots of us got up and sang and rank and were merry. Uh, partied our way through to 2024. Then we went out and for a little bit more after that. But a terrific night. I think the vibe was absolutely wonderful. Uh, going hopefully, and I mean we are as a group hopeful of that 2024 will be terrific. I hope it is for you. And uh, I mean, some would argue there are things that are beyond our control. I would also argue that there are many things that are well within your your own uh, control that you, if you believe you're going to have a terrific year this year, you absolutely will. It's all up to you. If you think positive, I think this year will be far better than if you uh, expect it not to be. So let's do that as a New Year's resolution. Let's believe that this year will be a terrific one. And it's more likely to be. I think that is absolutely the case. And this hour, I can tell you what's happening. Uh, We're going to be talking to a former secretary of the Climate Skeptics Party, Anthony Cox, who's a solicitor, somebody I've been talking to on radio for a long, long time. We're going to talk to him about... uh, Queensland, they're planning to ban fracking and, of course, the big push for renewables up there. But he'll let us know the legal implications of that and a few commonsensical things that uh, uh, you will get from many of us. But Anthony uh, will delve very deeply into it, as he always does. Professor Edward Steele is going to be chatting with us. He's a molecular and cellular immunologist, a geneticist and a microbiologist. And he's going to be talking about a brand new, and I hope you're sitting down, vaccine technology, but they're not going to inject it into it. It's all done via a 3D printed patch. Now, patches, typically, I don't remember them having lots of little spikes that actually get into the skin and inject into the skin. And that's exactly what these patches are going to do. I, I did a bit of research into them today and uh, you won't be seeing one of those things on me. I absolutely guarantee you that uh, unless there's a bunch of people pushing it into me and holding me down. Absolutely, I don't care what's in it, just not going to do it. But uh, I would suggest many of you probably feel the same as well. Now, New Year's Eve, what is it with the government? Anything that they get their hands on. So if you want a, a football game, It's in one of their stadiums, and as a result, you're going to get the New South Wales government. In my particular state, you're going to get the New South Wales government, the take on wokeness and everything that it represents. So you expect that now. You're so used to it. If you go to a a major sporting ground or facility that they own, typically, or certainly anything that they've got their claws into or that they sponsor or inject money into. But here's the thing. New Year's Eve has historically not been woke. It's all been about a bunch of people getting together, celebrating the new year, waiting for the fireworks. You get two goes at it in Sydney, one at nine o'clock so the kids can go home early, and then you get another one at midnight. Well, they absolutely hijacked it last night. And of course, the coverage was on the ABC. It was every bit as woke as one might imagine. And instead of, well, let's say, let's go back to how they started. There's a kid's character who I believe a cartoon character named Bluey. So they did what they did during the Sydney Lights thing that they do in winter here in Sydney, and they projected onto the columns of the Sydney Opera House this character, Bluey. The kids would have absolutely loved it. But that was short-lived because it wasn't that long. 
before they thought, well, let's get a rap group. Because, you know, rap is can be really super duper appropriate for kids, can't it? Especially if it's an Indigenous rap group called 3%. 3%, of course, that's their name, referring to the fact that they are 3% of the community, just over closer to 4 uh, Maybe they should have called themselves 3 point something percent. But anyway, uh, I digress. Their song was called Our People, a very angry song, a super angry song, a kind of uh, middle digit to... Um, to the colonialists and anybody who they deem is of them or for them or with them. I just absolutely can't believe that they found that to be appropriate. Um, a few uh, uh, words, keywords that you probably wouldn't be a fan of. And there are the kids waiting for the fireworks. But no, they have to put this on before the fireworks. So you have to watch it because you're not going to charge off and say, I'm not going to watch this and then come back because you're going to lose your spot. And how do we know that? There were people lining up from 6 a.m. on Sunday so they could get a good vantage point for the uh, for the fireworks. But no, it's been absolutely hijacked. They had uh, some entertainers there. Some of them were very good. Harry Connick Jr. was absolutely wonderful. But of course, we, we had others that had to get their political message in, one being a, a pro-Gaza message. And whether you're pro-Gaza, pro pro-Palestine or pro-Israel, I think you too would agree, probably not the most appropriate place. And again, uh, you know, they, lots of kids and we don't need to drag the kids into any of this and because they, they're going to ask about it. And uh, I guess that's the point, isn't it? Get them while they're young. But the government not wasting a single opportunity to do that. And people on Twitter absolutely disgusted by it. I myself would be one of those individual. Some of the comments include daughter was so disappointed they should have kept it with Bluey. Yes, I agree. Uh, I am uh, so sorry that this was not a kid-friendly event. I'm sorry that it turned into a Ooh, and uh, oh, the fireworks and just no oomph, absolutely no oomph. Uh, another one, if that angry display was the family fireworks presentation, not sure what we're in for at midnight, thinking it could only get worse when the kids are done. But no, they didn't bother with that. They had to get the kids. They had to make sure they had big impact. And uh, again, it would be terrific to just get up with the family and say, I'm going to leave, but then you rob the kids of the fireworks. And that is the level of psychology. That is how low these people in government are prepared to go to get their message into your child's mind. And once it's in there, it can be like a cancer. It'll spread and get worse. You wonder where these hardcore left-wing imbeciles come from. Well, it could have started with a kid who was potentially very normal, who heard the wrong thing, got a bit too captured, hooked in by a certain perspective, and then you go into one of their media organisations and off you go down the rabbit hole. And uh, it's just horrific. That's how it all happens, I would imagine. Now, would you um, stay tuned? We'd absolutely love you to do that uh, because at TNT Radio, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 online globally, no matter what. And we've got you covered here at TNT Radio. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And we're going to get straight to Gemma, the wonderful Gemma Cooper. How are you, Gem? 
Yeah, very good. Happy New Year to you, Dean, and Happy New Year to everyone there on, in, in Australia. Uh, yeah, you've been you're a bit ahead of us with the old fireworks, but again, similarities between your country and ours. We had a similar thing in there, London with the fireworks. Old Sadiq Khan, the oh. mayor of London, decided to take uh, the opportunity to literally put his name up in lights with a huge kind of firework display saying the mayor of London presents, oh. you know, this huge firework display, you know, didn't waste a second. And just like what you described, the, the reaction on Twitter, social media was just, you know, not what he expected at all. Everyone's saying, could you be more narcissistic? Could you make it more all about you? You know, it's New Year's Eve. Leave it alone. Don't bring your politics into it. Just have a firework display. Just let people have a <laughs> night off from this relentless propaganda that we're all bombarded with. But no, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, the mayor of London presents, you know, it, it just people see through it. That's what I like about it all. You know, it just backfires so spectacularly, just like your one did. They think, you know, they can sneak it in under the radar and people basically just stick two fingers up to it and go, no, thanks, mate. We'll just enjoy our lives as it is. Thank you very much. So, yeah, once again, a couple of little parallels to kick the day off. Oh, there are plenty of them. And the one thing I miss about Australia, if you would have done that historically, even when some of our politicians weren't that bad, if they got up at a sporting event, people would boo them. It never happens anymore. It literally never happens because nobody wants to offend anybody. And I say, if you're going to wreck our country, the least we can do is let you know about it. And I think uh, that's what they need to do. Occasionally you get it on a small scale, but it doesn't catch on like it used to do here. But I would have loved for that to have been the case at the fireworks. I would have loved for everybody to have booed that particular rap song or possibly, you know, if you, if you can't leave, maybe just turn your back or put your fingers in your ears. Just do something to make it very obvious that this is inappropriate and we're not going to cop it. And you'll hopefully learn and not do it next year, although I would imagine they'll just push ahead with their agenda anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what social media is now. It's kind of that it is the reaction, isn't it? You, you don't do it at the time. You don't boo anymore. You don't make your kind of feelings visibly felt. You wait, you get home and then you, or you get your phone out and you do it through the digital world, which is awful because that's what we don't want here at TNT. We don't want this digital reality to be, you know, ever encroaching into our lives. But that's what people do. That's what we've been trained to do more than anything else is express our true selves in the digital arena. That's where it gets a bit sinister. So I mean, at least people are doing something about it. But if only it was in real life, just like you say, if only it was in the real 3D reality that people were making their true feelings known rather than waiting very politely before tapping furiously into a into a device. But, you know, at least we're at least we're still sticking up at, you know, against the system. That's the main thing. We have to keep trying. It's why we're here. Uh, before we get into your news, uh, do you have a New Year's resolution for the year? Well, I'm a bit funny about New Year because I, I don't really believe that the New Year is January the 1st. There was I heard a lot you of say that on another program, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of manipulation with the, with the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, the date changes. And before the Julian calendar came in, you know, if you go back to sort of pre-Christian times in, in, the, in the northern Western Hemisphere, at least, where we had a more Celtic culture, then uh, astrologically, really, the New Year is, is around the spring equinox, which is why Aries is traditionally the first sign of the zodiac because it's that's when the real new year is spring new beginnings and i always feel that winter is kind of a liminal time where you're kind of waiting you're waiting aren't you for the spring and the return of the light and the shoots and the buds on the trees and all of that kind of thing so i don't make new year's resolutions at this time of year i do set my intentions in the spring um, and interestingly if you are going to make new year's resolutions astrologically the spring is the time to do it because you've got the planetary align alignments the equinox um, all kind of lined up to help you. And when did they introduce our first lockdown here in the UK? 
March the 23rd, which was just a few days after the vernal equinox, which is, again, if you set your intentions for something to work, you do it in the spring equinox. The governments, people who are in charge, those in power, the elites, they use all sorts of forces to control us. And I do think astrology is one, which is why it's been so debunked and, oh, it's just ridiculous. It's, it doesn't mean anything. I think it does. And I think the powers that be know exactly what they're doing. And when they did do that lockdown around the spring equinox, I thought, yeah, there are bigger forces at work here. So I always set my intentions around March. That's when I kind of spring into life, as it were. Boom, boom, spring into life. I like that. And it does make sense. It's the renewal cycle of nature. So why wouldn't that be the beginning of, of that? Uh, Gemma, what have you got for us? Well, it's a bit of a depressing one as we go into uh, 2024, but it is breaking today. And it's our, our Defence Secretary, Grant Shapps. He uh, he did an editorial in one of our big, biggest mainstream outlets here in the UK, and it's been picked up all over. Um, he's basically saying that the UK is very likely to join forces with the US and wade in on the Houthis in the Red Sea after the um, attack well, after the US Navy destroyed three Houthi boats yesterday after they attempted to board that container ship. Um, basically, he said that the UK will not hesitate to take direct action over their attacks on cargo ships. He says that, that it's likely, I mean, it's been said that they're likely to be preparing this joint statement today, uh, the UK and the US, and it could be issued today, New Year's Day, saying that uh, the Houthis are drinking at the last chance saloon. Um, they're going to join forces. Apparently, they're in talks with two other nations to kind of issue this final warning to the Houthis to cease what they're doing in the Red Sea. Um, otherwise, they're going to join up, wade in, and it looks like the um, HMS Diamond uh, could be joined by uh, HMS Lancaster to step up the UK military presence there and back the US. Now, we talked about this escalating situation in the Red Sea with the Houthis before, saying, you know, it, that Norwegian um, oil tanker, which they attempted to board, imagine if there'd been a civilian casualty, imagine if this ramps up. Well, it is ramping up, isn't it? And the, the Houthis are urging other countries not to join the US, not to ally forces. Um, I think it'll probably fall on deaf ears. And it's just a kind of real warning of how this whole Middle Eastern situation <clears throat> can go so quickly uh, from 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 naught to, uh, well, not 60, naught to 600, isn't it? Because if, yeah. if we see this stepping up of, 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 of allied forces in the Gulf, in the Red Sea, um, who knows where this will take us. But this this has been picked up by many, many outlets, this statement that he's issued. Um, they're talking about this joint statement with the US being issued today, which, you know, is quite a sleepy bank holiday here in the UK. But I think this kind of show that they're going to step up the military presence, clamp down on the Houthis, who are backed by Iran, allegedly. Um, who knows who's really funding them. Uh, but once that happens, you know, you've got that whole kind of uh, that it's not just the Houthis, is it? They're there. Um, there are other organizations that are likely then to join forces with the Houthis and yeah. fight back against the West. So we have to keep an eye on this one, don't we? Yeah, I think the whole thing is a tinderbox just waiting to go up in flames. And again, uh, they're going to keep pushing for it. And uh, I'm, there's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it. I mean, I, I just wonder, there's always this immense push, this tremendous response from the West to go and uh, typically go and back up in that type of the in, in that area, always. Uh, we've got our certain allies over there, allies that I don't think if uh, reciprocated, if we were in trouble, would respond the same way and come to our aid. And uh, But I think this thing is going to blow up. I think we're going to probably be back at war with countries, as you suggest, like Iran. And uh, let's hope it doesn't come to that, because I certainly wouldn't want any of our sons and daughters going over and getting in that conflict, because I personally don't think it has anything to do with us at all. Exactly. And what, we, what it will do, obviously, the, the whole Israel-Palestine conflict 
is 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 polarizing people around the world. It's 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 forcing people to take a side. And the more it escalates, the more the more people are expected expected you know whether it be on social media or just in conversations they're expected to have a view on it um but you're quite right it's got nothing to do with us this whole thing but we're wading in we're not kind of calling for like negotiation it's just another show of force another show of force and the more you do that the more it just it, 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 like you say it's a tinderbox it's going to blow up um and it's 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 interestingly i'm just talking about astrology there about you know setting your intentions if the us and the uk issue this statement today first day of the year it's kind of setting the tone isn't it for what yeah. everyone else would regard as the year which is military force military force and and people will again be distracted by it where other things are going on you know under the radar everyone's distracted by what is going on and continues to escalate in the middle east yeah i think the one thing people need to uh really think about is just because there's a major conflict doesn't mean you have to have a side or pick a side. Uh, you can just be like me and say, well, I'm not on either side. I don't really have any skin in the game there, but I certainly am against, you know, kids on both sides and innocent people being hurt. But apart from that, I don't think it's got much to do with us. And certainly I think we should uh, sit back, step out. And if all those other countries did that as well, I think the whole thing would uh, quickly subside. And uh, that's the best outcome we can hope for. But I don't think that's a realistic one. No, and I think the very fact that this 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 statement, this 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 thing he's written, this article he's written for one of our leading outlets shows that you know this is going to happen. It's not speculation. He's basically saying we are going to support the U.S. We're going to send in another um, ship. Uh, so you know, watch this space because you know you cannot. What's the the saying? You can't solve a situation with the same energy that created it. You've got to take <laughs> a different approach. Well, this yep. is not that. This is fighting fire with fire, which very rarely works. I would agree completely uh, very much, Gemma. Gemma, thank you. We'll be back again with Gemma in an hour here at TNT Radio. And of course, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to former secretary of the Climate Skeptics Party. His name is Solicitor Anthony Cox, right after this here at TNT. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal. Uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage 49 days so that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages uh, i'm with john bolton the former national security advisor to donald trump i'm with Britt hume of uh of fox news i'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do to do whatever they need to do to regroup to rearm to re-strategize and as much as you want the hostages back it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission which is to destroy Hamas. So I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. Residential areas by and your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. 
Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. And welcome back to the program. I actually forgot I had a quick talkback slot available. And by magic, we've got the wonderful Julie from the Blue Mountains on the line. Hey, Julie, how are you going? Hi, happy New Year. Happy New Year to anyway. you. What did you get up to last night? Oh, nothing very much, but um, I agree with you about um, what's happening over in Palestine and Israel. You're very wise, Dean. But um, what I'm going to say, we have to stop that from happening here because all they do is pick religion against religion in each country and they use immigration to do it. And you might have heard um, Gert Wilders that got in uh, Netherlands. He said that the Islamisation of Europe against the Christian nations are a big problem across there. It's the deliberate pitting nations against nations and multiculturalism is a problem. And England now has 30 Sharia courts. And um, we've got a problem here in this country because we've got a Prime Minister that goes around pitting um, culture against culture. And he addressed the, the Muslims just before the Yes referendum. And you can see it. You can listen to it on air. And spreading propaganda, he did it for the vote, for the policy vote. And now the Muslims, and you can listen to this, he's called Dr. Quadra from um, talking about Australia and all this propaganda. It's, it's, it's frightening. And listen to what he says about Australia is becoming. He's talking about the Islamisation of Australia, and you can look it up. He's doing lectures about it. And he talks about how this government bend over, bends over backwards for the Muslim community. It's unbelievable. It's just mind-blowing what they're doing. And um, he said that it's the fastest growing uh, like religion in Australia at the moment. And he, he did all the figures and everything. And this is how they're talking about it, how, uh, like how they get all these things for free and how in three ministers, if they're building a school, the government pays for it. And they get three ministers come out and visit them and the mayor and... Um, and they, like, and they said it's a faster growing population on the Gold Coast. Now, we don't want any of these problems that they've got in these other countries where they're having civil war and that. And we're a Christian country. Our constitution says we're a Christian country. And even Kevin Rudd, he allowed a uh, minister in parliament, this is in 2013, I think it might have been, to swear on the Quran. And um, Section 42 of our constitution talks about that they, they, it's about the Bible. We've got the. We are a Christian nation, and we can't afford to have any of um, the, the prime ministers undermining this co- social cohesion that we've got. So it's it's frightening when you hear like it, this is coming from Muslim academic doctors how they talk about this country, and how they they're claiming that they actually built this country up. Now, this is what these politicians that are causing. They have these politicians have no place in our parliament and they're going around pitting uh, nation against nation and putting them up to saying that they built this country and their brothers and sisters with the Aborigines. And they did. It's un- unbelievable. So um, look it up on, and you can listen to it. You can listen to his address to the Muslims. And this is what we have to stop. We've got to stop the same thing from happening in this country because war against like these nations are just terrible and... We don't ever want that happening here. This is why our constitution says we're one people, one nation, one flag and one destiny. And if people come here, they have to abide by our rules and adopt our culture. Yeah, And, and, and Julie, it's a shame that we, that we even have to say that because at the core of it, if you were to have had that recent referendum 
and added a second question to it, which would have been about mass immigration, I would have guaranteed it would have been a bigger no than, it, than what it was with the original question. It would have been overwhelming. It would have been a no from people who have recently come here because they are currently enjoying that which we, which we get to share. And the more people you bring in, the less there is to share, the more of a basket case our society shall become. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to blame the politicians who do it because I'm going to vote the people. Because as long as we keep voting in this duopoly, it's going to continue to happen. It's one of those things. It, uh, the consequence of, consequences of it will be irrevocable. And uh, it's our kids and our grandkids that will have to deal with those consequences and a lack of cohesion in society. And I would suggest, Julie, it is by design. I would love to be wrong about that, but I strongly suspect in lockstep with the rest of the Western world, uh, they are pushing for something to go terribly wrong in the future, something that they can control and have opposing groups. And that's what they do. They put the opposing pieces on the chessboard and then they uh, they light, light, light up the tinderbox, as you will. And I suggest that when we get into some sort of economic strife in the future and uh, things are very scarce, it'll kick off. And I hope that is that I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Thank you, Julie. Okay, people, we're going to get to the news headlines. On the other side, I am going to talk to uh, former Secretary of the Climate Skeptics Party and Solicitor Anthony Cox right here at TNT Radio. Uh, oh, 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 here's some more potentially bad news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The UN is demanding Israel and unlawful killings in the occupied West Bank. Ukraine is crying foul, warning it won't be able to pay the salaries and pensions of 12 million people unless the West coughs up more cash for Kyiv. And US House Republicans are now investigating whether President Biden engaged in a conspiracy with his son Hunter to obstruct the House's investigation into allegations of corruption within the first family. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. And welcome back to the program. For those of you just joining us, a very happy new year to you. I hope it is a wonderful one. And as I said earlier, I think if you believe it will be a good one, it's far more likely to be. Think positive, do new, bigger and better things and uh, good changes will come. Uh, speaking of good, this guy is about as good as it gets. Anthony Cox, former sec secretary of the Climate Skeptics Party. He's got a degree in law as well as solicitor, and of course is a regular contributor to science blogs and the media. And we've got him with us again today. G'day, Anthony, how are you going? G'day, mate, and all the best to you and uh, all your listeners in 2024. I think it's gonna be a watershed year. Um, only mildly optimistic, too. I must say what's going to happen in the U.S. I'm following very carefully. And if I can just make a comment, as I suggested off air, about what Julie, your last caller, was saying. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realise that uh, I think there are 12 or 13 seats in Sydney uh, where the victory margin is less than the combined Muslim vote. That, and as has been indicated by political commentators, I forget the name, uh, the guy who... Uh, is the political commentator for the ABC, you might remember. It's just in my head at this moment. 
but he has noted that the Muslim vote is one of the most unified. So when we say that in these electorates, the margin of victory is less than the Muslim vote, in effect, that Muslim vote decides who wins those seats. And in every one of those cases, those seats are held by the ALP. I think Tony Burke um, has the second or the first seat where the margin is the biggest or decided the most by the Muslim vote. So it's quite evident, self-interest, and we know that the politicians in this country do that. They seem to do two things, self-interest, we know that politicians are governed by that. And the second thing that they do, of course, is that they get, they get hoodwinked by these woke issues. Climate change is the big one. But as I've said, I don't know whether I think I've said this to you before, Islam is recognised by the left as being a victim. And the left love their victims because they can say, look at Islam, it's been picked on uh, by the naughty West and we're the only ones who can do something about it. And one of the disgraceful uh, aspects of the commentary on the current situation in Israel is that that is filtered through that particular left point of view that Islam is a victim. And we see the just disgraceful uh, attempts to produce an equivalence between what the Hamas uh, vile people did and the very careful and methodical uh, process that Islam is doing. And it's not no choice. Islam, unless it gets rid of Hamas, uh, it's dead because Hamas will come back even stronger. We know now uh, Iran has come out and admitted that it is the mastermind, the, the puppeteer behind uh, Hamas. And Iran, it's in Iran's charter, its uh, constitution to destroy uh, uh, Israel. So they've got no choice. It's a matter of survival. It's existential for them. Uh, so all these ideas, oh, let's have a ceasefire. No, that's just will be a tactic that will favour Hamas and Iran in its ongoing quest to destroy Israel. Yeah, mate, I, I tend to agree. I think it's going to kick off. Uh, do you see us possibly going on a full-scale war with Iran? Oh, not us. Um, well, again, yeah, like, like if, if the Yanks and Israel yeah, go well, in, well, I'm sure Yanks. we're going to have troops over there. And this is what I mean when I said earlier about 2024 being a watershed. When Trump was pro-president of the United States, Iran did nothing. It had, and he did two things. And, and I've met Trump. I've been in the same room with the guy. And he is just a brilliant, he just reduces issues to their, their basic or their simple sort of ingredients. And he looked at Iran and he did two things with Iran. He cut out their finances. He got on top of China and he said he realised China was buying a lot of Iranian oil. He said, you've got to stop doing this, get your oil elsewhere. Uh, and he increased the US production of oil and they started selling oil to the Chinese. So the Chinese were happy in that respect. So Iran was broke. It had no funds to finance Hamas or Hezbollah or the rest of the uh, terrible uh, terrorist groups that it does support. So he bankrupt effectively, cut off the funding for these groups in his four years. And if you look back at those four years, there was very little activity by Hamas and Hezbollah. The second thing he did is that he showed them that he meant business and he killed Soleimani, uh, yeah. their general who was in charge of terrorism. He gave them a warning. Well, I, I don't think he gave a warning. He gave the Russians a warning with their airstrip in, um, in Assad in Syria. He said they were pinging missiles at some of these fleets in the Mediterranean. He said, stop it. They didn't. So he destroyed. He gave them half an hour's notice and he destroyed uh, the, the Russia's big airstrip in, in, in the world. So he put everything reduced it to its simple elements and did what he said he was going to do. And Iran did nothing effectively during his four years. So 
what will happen? We've got another year of Biden, who's the most corrupt thing that's ever occupied the White House. Uh, so things will get worse for the rest of this year, simply because he's still going to be there. But if by some miracle, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Trump. They're trying to think now with these phony, get him off the ballot, these phony charges that they've got him hooked up, 91 charges. Someone I heard some commentator say, is that there must be real, there's 91 charges yeah. uh, against Trump. Well, 91 times zero is still zero. Yeah. And believe me, there's no substance to any of these charges. But I really fear that if they can't, with these tactics that they're using now, to get him in prison where he'll have an accident, that they'll assassinate him. I, I simply been and Tucker Carlson has already conceded that this is on the table. Yeah, but he's certainly a threat to them, and uh, they're pulling every. Here's the thing. I can't believe, even if you are a hardcore lefty, the fact that these tactics are being employed at all, the simple fact that they could be employed against them at some future point, you'd think that at least some of them would stand up and say, enough's enough, this is wrong to do this, let's let the American public decide at the ballot box. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that was the world that we live in? And as I think it may have been you that said it, but somebody, and that wasn't, um, somebody said to me uh, recently, the United States of America no longer has uh, can call themselves that. They're certainly not united anymore. No, they're not. And that'll get more divisive as time goes by. But I think the left know uh, that while I uh, look, a left is only interest, the left is only interest is being in power. And they know the right still believe in the system and the uh, infrastructure that goes with the system in the West. And they know it would, it would take literally for hell to come bubbling up for the other side of politics. The left know this for the right to get out there and do effectively what the left is doing because the right inherently believes in the structure and uh, the infrastructures of Western society. The left doesn't. They just yeah. want to be in power. Uh, so they'll use all these tactics knowing that it won't be thrown back at them uh, because it's cheese and chalk, really, uh, what the left is prepared to do and what the right is prepared to do. Certainly is, mate. Now, we were speaking earlier on the whole, you know, Palestine-Israel issue. It's one of those few subjects, I think you would agree, that when you have a group, let's say you've got 100 conservatives in the room, you could split that group down the middle. They'll literally take sides. Uh, I would argue that I think it's not really who they're for, but possibly who they're more against that makes them, takes that particular side in, in that conflict. But the other thing that uh, I think conservatives are quite often drawn down the line on, this is something that's very much in, in your realm of, uh, of what you do, with the fracking, and that's what we're going to talk about after the break, fracking, some people are very much for, the, for it, some are very much against it. You've seen the documentaries that, uh, that say, you know, it does a lot of polluting with the local water supply, et cetera, et cetera. So after the break, what I'd do, I'd love to talk to you about, A, what the Queensland government is planning to do with uh, the fracking ban, mm. and I'd love your views on fracking in, in, in general, I think, I think it'll be terrific to get your perspective on that. So if you could hang around, Anthony, we'll talk about that after the uh, news headlines. Pleasure. So after the break, I should say. Uh, we'll be back after this short break, not news headlines, uh, to talk to Anthony Cox. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. I hope you had a great one. And if you tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern here on TNT, you know that I bring a lot of things back to Seinfeld. Well, we're going to do that right now, but first, Frank Costanza has to tell you what Festivus is. And at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around, 
and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Frank, this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back! I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. A Festivus for the rest of us! There you have it. Now we go to Florida. This display is at Orlando International Airport. Please join us for a Festivus for the rest of us, complete with a grievance box and a pole, which comes with a warning not to use it as a dance pole. And look at this. 13 years ago, inside the Florida Capitol building, a Festivus pole made of Pabst Blue Ribbon beer cans. Like I said, everything comes down to Seinfeld. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg, right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And we're back with Anthony Cox. Now, we're going to talk about um, the thing that I got him on today to talk about because I'm really interested in what's happening up in Queensland. I've gone mad with this, all this renewable nonsense. They're planning to ban fracking. But before we talk about the actual ban, I just love your personal views on fracking itself, Anthony. Well, look, this came up some time ago, this announcement by Miles, who's the new Premier of Queensland, and he's a union thug. He's doing his best, but uh, he's got blood on his hands, and I don't know whether the public will see through him. But anyway, he's come back out, and he's got to cultivate his connections with the Greenies, and this this will mean that Queensland is the third state to ban fracking after Victoria and Tasmania. And there are a lot of ironies here because the first one is in 2020, the CSIRO, um, and I've got mixed feelings about them. They've come out and said stupid things about oh, yeah. renewables. But they conducted a major study and handed down the results of that study in 2020 about fracking. And I'll just read, if I might, a couple of things they said. They said hydraulic frac fracturing operations had minimal to no impacts on air quality and well-development activity and was not associated with significantly elevated levels of any air pollutants. Fracking operations monitored did not have a detectable impact on nearby groundwater bore quality, adjacent soils or water samples from a local creek, and it all monitored CSG, that's uh, uh, gas-producing wells, the impacts of hydraulic fracturing operations on water quality of water produced from the wells diminished over time, and within 20 to 40 days, all the chemicals reduced below detectable levels. So that was a three-year study done by the CSIRO, and that mirrors probably half a dozen to maybe a dozen studies, including one by the EPA in the US. And the idea that fracking is is 
uh, such a polluting idea has come about because of activists. Uh, there was a movie made called Gasland. Yeah, I've seen that. It was very good. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. I, I know you didn't and, agree and, with, with what they they showed. Well, the, the, lighting, yeah. the lighting of well, the lighting of um, gas in the water. Gas. There are two types of gas trap trapping elements in Queensland. It's in shale. Uh, the gas up there, and all the gas is the same. It's methane. But down here in New South Wales, it's called coal seam gas. Yep. And because it's wrapped around the coal seams, the methods of extracting it vary uh, from state to state. And because shale is tougher and harder than coal, they've got to use a bit more drilling force to get it out there. But the, the methods they use are ingenious. And there are limited chemicals. Basically, 99% of the stuff they put down there is water, pure water. Okay. And sand, and um, but the coal seam, the gas here in New South Wales is just incredibly interesting, and it, there's a lot of it in the Hunter Valley. As I say, it wraps itself around the coal seams. Now the coal companies, and I've spoken to a couple of guys. This was a few years ago about what they did with this gas because they've got to get rid of it before they mine the coal. Because if they go in there, it sparks and whatnot. We'll set set it off because it's yeah. literally just wrapped around the coal. So what they do is they dig a hole down to the top of the uh, coal seam, and because of the specific density of the methane, that gas will run up. Now, you think they don't capture it. What they do at the top, they put they put in nitrate, uh, they're called candles, they're ignition devices, and they burn the gas as it comes up. And at the mine site where this guy worked, they were burning 60,000, the equivalent of 60,000 litres of gas every second. That, Waste, would supply, that would supply Sydney. The reason they did that the reason they did that was to get rid of the gas because they couldn't mine the coal. Yeah. But because there were policies, the second reason, which is even stupider, the second reason was that there were government policies in place where these coal companies had to have offsets because they were mining, you know, inverted commas, a uh, polluting and environmentally polluting substance, i.e. coal, and by burning the gas, which was also considered to be another environmentally polluting uh, substance, by burning that off and getting rid of it, they got the offset against the, uh, the coal that they were mining. So destroying an equally good energy source, which, as I say, uh, would have powered Sydney, got these guys, uh, got the government off the backs of these guys, and they could go ahead and mine the coal. It's, it's beyond stupid, in my opinion. You know, one question I guess some people would ask, I mean, I think it's great that we've got energy reserves. I get that we've got to get this gas off before we can mine the coal. So that aside, when we go for the other ones that are in uh, pockets, just for export purposes, is that something we should be doing? Doing we're selling it at a pittance, and I can't help but think that would be terrific for future generations of of Australians rather than selling it at a pittance now. Is that is that just me that would think that, or do you think that's a a valid concern? No, there are a lot of variables there. And one of the variables that's interesting in the comparison between Queensland and New South Wales, their coal and gas reserves, Queensland is the energy source of Australia right now. It's got coal power equivalent to New South Wales, even though its use is less than half of New South Wales. But it's got twice as much gas capacity as New South Wales. It's got nearly 3,500 megawatts, which is a huge amount of gas capacity up there. And that comes to your point. What are they going to use those gas power plants up there if they're banning fracking up there? It's like uh, in Victoria, they've got some gas plants down there, but because they're banned fracking, they've got to import gas, not only from other states, 
but from overseas. And we know the old rumour about, because John Howard and the other guys who signed these contracts with uh, countries like China, which didn't have an inflation clause in them, and they were signed back in the early 2000s. And they're now, China that is, is buying the gas for a pittance, uh, putting it in the ship, the ship can turn around and come back and sell it to us for 10 times the price that they bought it. I always appreciate you coming on the program. I love your perspective. Mate. It's always absolutely brilliant. And uh, mate, I just, while I've, Get the opportunity. I'd sort of just like to wish you the happiest of New Year's. I think it's going to be a wonderful one for you. I would imagine you're going to be extremely busy as always, but mate, hopefully we can do this again real soon. But mate, something it's something I really did want to talk about, and uh, the Queensland government, especially with uh, mate, I'm almost wishing Palaszczuk was back because this new guy is just an absolute nightmare. But thankfully, it looks like that government will be booted out at the next election, and we can only hope that that is the case. Thanks, mate. All the best to you. Good on you, mate. That is Anthony Cox, a solicitor and former uh, secretary of the Climate Skeptics Party. My next guest, who I will get to right now, is Professor Edward Steele. He's a molecular and cellular immunologist, a geneticist and a microbiologist. Quite the mouthful and extremely impressive fella. He's got a he's been a strong critic of governments and their scientific enablers who have been bamboozling the world into accepting dangerous mRNA vaccines and other bogus public health prescriptions. And that's why I cannot wait to talk to him. And welcome to the program, Professor Edward Steele. How are you going, Ted? Thank you, Dean. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm okay, yes. First of all, I mean, just a couple of things. I love that we've got people who are as qualified um, as you with the perspective that you have, which I think is one of absolute honesty. Um, again, by you coming out and saying such things, you've got nothing to gain and only the fact that you are a moral and honest person with immense qualifications. Um, I, I, I thank you for everybody that you do this for. Well, thank you. I'd, I'd like to think so. Yeah, I've got absolutely nothing to gain from this. And in yesteryear, I had everything to lose as well. But anyway, yeah, look, this latest story that we're going to talk about is this company, Vaxis, I think they call themselves. You know, they've just had a big write-up in the, uh, the the Australian today, pandemic rush, needles aren't a patch on the latest vaccine technology. A fellow by the name Mr Hoey is the head of the, the company. He was he was originally from Queensland. He's gone to... Uh, He's gone to Boston and his, his, his company's flourishing and the originality of the company based on patches and, you know, computer technology to generate the patches and then set up, you know, factories in different parts of the world is, is great in, in principle. I've got nothing against that. But what they're planning to do is they're, trying, they're planning to soak these patches uh, in, in the antigen, let's say the, the pathogen, but almost certainly it's going to be the mRNA vaccine again yeah. in the patches inserted under the under the skin and that stimulates an immune response now i've got to make it very clear to everyone i am an expert in this area and all the other experts agree with me on this stimulating the immune response in the skin or in the arm or systemically you know in the body you know in the in the uh, bloodstream is not going to induce the necessary immunity in the nose and the mouth and the respiratory tract which is where most of the pathogens that cause problems and in pandemics yep. that's where most of them enter that's called mucosal immunity dean and it's very important that if you're going to develop any vaccine, it has to induce that sort of immunity. All the other routes are totally useless. But we now know the mRNA and the others, they're also totally dangerous. So that's my first big criticism. You know, I, I just want to make that point. You might want to ask me something else now, but that's the most important message that these big companies are still pushing the line that a shot's in the arm you know, or systemic immunity can protect your respiratory tract from these infections. They can't. All the scientific evidence refutes it, literally refutes it. Even Anthony 
Fauci's admitted earlier this earlier last year, you know, all the evidence now indicates that the total vaccine rollout during COVID was a complete failure. It, it makes you wonder why, why they persist, doesn't it? it really oh, does. Oh, well, it's money, isn't it? It, it yeah. has to be money. Yes. Well, it has to be. I, I pray it's not anything more insidious than that. I would like to think it's only about money. I was having a look at these uh, 3D printed patches, yes. and they basically have tiny little spikes on them, don't they? They go into the skin and, yes. and deliver whatever. And I guess a, a patch is a terrific thing if whatever it's soaked in is something that is going to be beneficial. Oh, the mRNA exactly. vaccines... I mean, isn't it horrific the amount of data that is out uh, with, you know, negative reactions to um, yes. and still going on with this mRNA oh, yes. trial that they did it's on the horrendous. world? It's horrendous. All of it, everybody who knows anything about what's been going on the last week can see it's 25-fold, 30-fold, probably 50-fold greater adverse event, you know, event rate of any other vaccine in history. It's because it was never safety tested. That was the first thing. But... It's dangerous because the mRNA, you know, it's a really dangerous concoction. It gets into the arm. If it spreads from the arm, it can go to the heart. The heart lights up with, you know, spike protein genes, and the body thinks, my God, I've got a tumour on the heart. And it starts to launch an immune attack against the heart, and you have all these, pyo, you know, myocarditis problems, the heart problems. But that happens with many tissues in the body. It's not just the heart. The heart's the most sensitive one. So it's extraordinary they didn't test the safety of these things, and they're still pushing the stuff. You know, it's really making me angry, actually. They're pushing a really dangerous thing on the human population without any consent. You know, during COVID, everyone had to get it by mandate. I, I, I can imagine nothing worse than knowing as much as you do, having the understanding of the technology yes. as much as you, and then sitting back and just watching the, the media. Oh, yeah, and, and the politicians like me. I'm not the only one, but there are many like me who know what's going on, and we can't, but we, we're absolutely astounded at what's going on. What's worse is, as you know, not just here in Australia, but around the world in all the Western nations, they're planning these misinformation and disinformation yes. um, uh, rollouts roll of, of laws and fines and possibly yes. jail sentences. And, and they would try and stop people like you, who are oh, yes. immensely qualified. If you don't follow their narrative, they would consider your informed Mm. Can you know opinion to be misinformation? Oh yeah, no, they definitely tried to do that with me and sideline me. There's no question about that. And but the the point is, there's too many people like me now who understand all the mechanics at every at every level and can see that it's a complete hoax. It's extraordinary yeah. that they're getting away with it. It's one of those things. I mean, the amount of adverse events is so disproportional. Yes, it is such an obvious anomaly. Even yes. those who have their heads well and truly buried in the sand, those who have a vested interest in, in having some sort of deniability just for their own mental well-being, those yes. who may have been forced to take it or those who thought it was a good idea at the time and have subsequently changed yes. their mind, even they cannot help but notice this now. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, what really makes me very upset is that some of the medical at the top in, in Australia is turning around. For example, in, in Victoria, the Monash Research Group is realising that sprays in the nose are the way to go for vaccines, but even they are probably going to spray the mRNA up the nose. So my, the danger with all this is that these mRNA are really dangerous. You know, if you spray it up the nose and you don't safety test it, it'll go straight to the brain and you have brain problems. Wow. I, see, I was going to ask. You, you, know, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's beyond a joke. But look, here in, here in Queensland, We've had a, a doctor, very senior doctor, Dr. Paul Griffin at the Motor Hospital, pushing the vaccines for years. But he's now slowed down a little bit on that because of that study in at, at Monash University showing that the best way for immunity is through, you know, the nose yeah. and the arm. But the point is they still think the mRNA is the way out. It's not the way out. 
there are other ways of, of inducing this immunity. You know, it's like in the old days, you used to have a harmless form of disease and vaccination to induce protection against the disease. You know, that was the whole principle of vaccination. And you'd make sure that it really was harmless, a harmless sort of a, a, a attenuated, you know, a strain of the, of the pathogen. Yep. That's all gone out the door. They're using all these con all these tricks to divide the antigens up and put them in mRNA. It's just ridiculous. Honestly, if you're an immunologist, a lot of this, what's happening now is ridiculous. A serious immunologist, that is, because there are a lot of fellow fellow travellers that are going along with this in immunology because there's a lot of money to be made in it. Yeah. But I, 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 I can see how, how passionate and how upset that you actually get over all of this because you are... Because you have such a better understanding, you you would be twice as upset or ten times as much as oh, most. Oh yeah, of us. I'm happy to take them on in public to debate it, but no one wants to debate it. None of the none of the, none of the main the mainstream players want to debate the science in a public on this. Something that, that rather scared me. A lot of us thinking, well, we didn't get the jab, we didn't have anything injected into us, we're safe from this mRNA technology. But you're suggesting it can simply be squirted up up somebody's nose as well. So well, I mean, yeah, that's right. If they get that approval for that uh, mucosal, you know vaccine which in principle is fine yeah well, but if it's not safety tested you're going to create a whole new repertoire you know a whole new universe of, of problems again but the problem with a lot of these things these diseases they're relatively mild and harmless right COVID was just a mild common cold all the evidence shows it was a mild common cold it was only seriously dangerous for really elderly you know you know affirmed comorbid people 84 years of age in melbourne was the was the the you know the average age of death from yeah supposed death from COVID, but it could have been from something else but the point is it was never ever a dangerous disease in the first place yeah, the, the part you know, that oh, sorry you know the, the, it's got to be assessed as well come on the part that really upset me the most is everybody knew i mean everybody knew this thing that children were almost impervious yes. to this thing that they called COVID, and so many parents went and did this to their kids absolutely because kids have a lot of this natural innate immunity which is so you know heightened it's all heightened in children it's heightened in pretty well all healthy people it's just in that elderly group that affirm group 70s and 80s where it's a bit lower you yeah. know there's, there's so much knowledge that's been ignored so much basic biomedical knowledge that's been ignored by big pharma and the medical profession the medical profession are really guilty here of a major major cover-up and a major misinformation campaign they well, really there, there seems to be a lot of funding going into uh vaccines and mrna technology yeah. of different de uh, delivery methods going forward yes. so yes. they obviously are expecting if you will and i say that in inverted commas expecting there to be another pandemic Yes, that's right. But is it going to be a pandemic of, uh, you know, again, of the common cold or some sort of other mild thing that which which has visited us seasonally for years? But now with all our sensitive detection techniques, you know, we can pick them up with these PCR techniques. So that makes it even worse because that's not even based on, on symptoms. But uh, look, there's so many things that are going wrong at the moment. I'm, I'm just staggered that uh, there's no one calling out, you know, from a point of view of knowledge and, you know, just plain common sense with, with a lot of these things, actually. So it has to be the huge dollars that can be made in producing, you know, these these uh, vaccines. You know, it, it has to be that. It has to be the profit motive here. That's overridden everything else. Yeah, I, I, and again, I, I pray that is the case. Professor Ted Steele or Edward Steele, mate, yeah. I thank you so much for coming on the program. And again, I would just <laughs> like to, from the heart, thank you. Thank, it's thank you, Dave. It's yes. people like you who gave the rest of us, especially those in the media who were prepared to talk up the information and the credibility to go and spread the word. And I thank you for it, for being the guy that you are and the champion fella. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much, Dean. Everyone, yeah. that is Professor 
Edward Steele and a true champion. Uh, we're going to be back after the news. I've got a bunch more guests to talk to. In, and uh, yeah, so stick around here at TNT Radio. We'll be back.